0: Thanks to viewers like you and SassyGamers.com. Bard Rock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to SassyGamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes.
1: Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bard Rock Cafe, the party each drew a card from the deck, and they weren't entirely sure what happened for most of that. They decided to go to the Temple of Agma, God of Knowledge, to learn more about the deck. They met a cleric named Roshi, who told them about the deck, but also told them that the obelisk was actually a tablet of fate. What's a tablet of fate, you say? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe.
2: All right, welcome back, everybody, to episode 14 of the Bard Rock Cafe. Last time... Roshi, upon seeing the gigantic obelisk that has implanted itself into the Bardrock Café's basement, commented that it is a Tablet of Fate. That's where we're going to pick up, right off the bat.
1: So, let's pretend for the sake of argument that I don't know what a Tablet of Fate is. What is the uh, too-long-didn't-read version of that?
2: You're asking Roshi this? Yes. The Tablets of Fate, at least initially, indicated the roles of every god and primordial in existence. They were quite literally the boundary between law and chaos. They were in fact the cause of the time of troubles as they got stolen from the god Ao. And so he took the divinity of all the gods and cast them down to earth until the tablets were returned. All the gods except Helm, who stood watch at the gate. The tablets were eventually returned and remade. This tablet looks to be one that was remade. It doesn't have the same appearance as the ones that were before. Before they were stone tablets made of clay. This is obsidian.
3: Looks like they had a bit of a problem with planned obsolescence this time
2: around. It's concerning to me that this is here. And also concerning that, once again, divine spells have stopped working. Something is happening in the outer realms. And it's echoing here in the prime plane.
1: When we all touched this, the four of us as a group, it put us inside of it, and it told us to save it. So we're trying to figure out how to do that.
2: I want you to tell me in detail everything that's happened so far. All right, so star wiping that happens. There's a montage scene where you're explaining all the things that have happened.
1: And I go and Bruce from T the actual correct way.
3: Epi is proud.
1: This tastes like flavored water.
3: Epi is not proud.
1: Do you have any Keystone Light? Oh yeah, let me just whip you up a batch. And I just get pour a glass of water and press to digitize it. Ah, uh, that's the stuff. Epi has a twitch. Wait, you knew my famous Keystone Light? That means you were a patron before the building went down. I look at it really closely. He was there once. Ham sandwich with a side of pickles. I was here once FIVE YEARS AGO! I NEVER FORGET AN ORDER!
2: (laughs) Right. Well, it seems that this Tablet of Fate... There's always two. You have one of them. I'm curious if there was another that fell. There are always two Tablets of Fate.
1: What do you mean, there's always two? So which do we have, the student or the master? It's not a
2: Sith! What's a Sith? Right. There's always two. One that dictates the past and one that tells of the future. You have the one that tells the past. Oh boy. And it's falling apart, and it's asking you to help it.:
3: You wouldn't happen to know somebody who had like found object or something that could help us find the other one?
2: I would ask the mages if they've heard anything of another meteor strike elsewhere in the world, particularly on the same day. The tablets are supposed to go together, but them to be separated is bad. I elbow Eppy and pointed the book.
1: I flip
3: it open and kinda sketch some things in there and write. Do you know of any other meteor strikes? Obelisk strikes?
2: I'm a book.
3: Yes, but you know lots of things.
2: This is very concerning. I think you may inadvertently be at the center of a very significant event. Tablets of fate once only dictated the fates of gods and primordials, but now, upon being rewritten by the god Eo, they chronicle everything, the fate of the world and reality. They were remade stronger, but perhaps they were remade wrong for them to be breaking so quickly, relatively quickly.
1: So, if there was a god that maybe was still up there, if we were to look at the last time this happened, Ao might still be up there kicking around and would be able to fix his magic tablets.
2: Well, the last time this happened the gods were cast down to the prime material plane. We could find them. We could ask them ourselves. Our cleric magic didn't work but when we got close to our god, it did. But now our cleric magic doesn't work and there are no reports of gods walking among us. Wherever they are they're not here. And they're not talking to us.
0: But where will we go from here?
2: I am at a bit of a loss. The tablet gave you the deck of many things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't happen to know what the actual cards mean, would you?
2: No. I do know that the deck of many things is chaos and order embodied. So if ever there were a thing for the tablet of fate to give you, that would be it. Do you have the whole deck?
1: it had 13 cards when we started
2: it is known that the full deck does have over 20 cards perhaps if there is another tablet somewhere, the other one if you were to find it, perhaps you'd get the rest of the deck if the tablet gave you the deck, perhaps the deck holds the key to saving it should we draw in more cards? that would be uh, dangerous it can have disastrous effects on the people who use it Be very careful.
3: So, if we were to go about looking for the second one, if we used a finding spell, would someone be able to find the other one with one of those spells?
2: We're talking about a divine object. Something core to the very substance of the world and reality. I have no clue how magic will interact with this.
1: I want to try something out here. I... Look at the obelisk, and I cast Healing Word on it. Uh, nothing happens. Do I get a wild magic trigger? Yes, you do. All right, let me just make sure I have the correct dice. All right.
2: I rolled a 98.
4: Oh, that was close.
2: All right, Brock, what is your performance bonus? A plus eight. For the rest of the day, Epi, Rook, Armbar, and Roshi. You all have a performance bonus of plus eight.
3: Oh, if only the part off was day.
2: Well, it depends on what the
1: rest of the day is. Is it for 24 hours or is it until we take a long rest? You don't know. All right, immediately we break out into song. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go from here?
3: You know, is it just me or do I feel like singing musical theater all of a sudden?
1: I just instinctively throw Epi my flute.
3: I'm gonna toot the flute.
1: Roll a performance check.
3: Alright, you know what? Tiny flute, tiny pink dice. So that's a 10 plus 8. I got an 18 to toot the flute.
2: Epi just starts tearing it up on the
1: flute. <laughs> I reach and I grab my tambourine and I throw it to Rook. And I start playing the violin.
0: Rook catches what goes for
1: it. Roll a performance check. Alright. eighteen. All right, and then I start playing the, uh, the violin. Should I go ahead and roll? Go ahead. I rolled a four, but I'm gonna use my Tides of Chaos feature to roll again. I rolled four twice, so four plus eight is twelve. But now because I evoked Tides of Chaos, you can make me roll wild magic whenever you feel like it. Basically now. All right, so we are now all playing music in front of the obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Armbar and Roshi, who are welcome to join us by singing. I wish Tyler was here to sing right now.
3: I, I just, I want to cue in Armbar. Just, just point at him. Even if we got to roll for Armbar.
1: Armbar starts drumming on the walls with his hands. Oh,
3: hold on, hold on. I got this.
2: Roll for Armbar.
3: Who's rolling for Armbar? You. Okay. Okay. Alright, alright. We've got big dice for Armbar. Big dice for Armbar. We are rolling. That is a 15 plus 8.
1: 23. Armbar is better at playing the wall than we are at our instruments. Damn. He's so talented.
2: Roshi is also going to join in. Hang on. Awesome. With a 19, Roshi begins to pelt out. Some of the best music you've ever heard. So 19 plus 8 is a 27. Oh my god. He went from what you heard before to Josh (laughs) Groban. You raise me up. (laughs) And then unfortunately then Brock is playing average. Yep, you're being completely outshined by everyone else in the room. People who have never touched these instruments before are just rocking your shit right now. That happens. The guards, hearing this, poke their head in like, everyone okay in there? Like they're bobbing their head to this cacophony of harmony. But we are the Bard Rock Cafe, after all. All Alright, so what did you guys have something else that you wanted to ask, or something else you were doing? I got completely sidetracked.
1: I think we've exhausted all of Roshi's things, so once we're done playing, I just thank him for his time, and... He wants to stop by after we're rebuilt. I'll treat him to the same meal he ordered five years ago in a Keystone Lake. Sounds
2: good. I need to confer with some of the Elder Scribes of the Temple. Maybe we can find something out for you. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Goodbye. He makes his way out.
3: We enjoyed jamming out with you. Bye, Roshi. Say... Now, now, Brog, I really hate to be critical given what my usual musical talent is. But for tomorrow, you're really gonna have to step it up a notch.
1: Yeah, I need to make sure I take time to warm up before I play tomorrow.
3: Honestly. You leave your entire life behind to get a music degree and then you put that out.
0: Hey. That's a little harsh.
1: Epi says in the basement of my destroyed home.
0: (laughs) Epi kind of looks around.
3: (laughs) That was for the sand comments pats him on the back and then toodles off to return his flute, I guess.
1: You toodle off to my fruit to me.
3: <laughs> I didn't think that sentence through. It was just sort of happening. <laughs> Come back with my flute!
2: Happy walks out of the basement and closes the door, turns around, knocks on the door to the basement. Hey, Brock, I have your flute. <laughs> <laughs> you have what knowledge you have. You know that tomorrow night is the Bard-off at the Three Towers. What would you guys like to do until then?
3: Eppie is just going to look Brock up and down and just... So, not being critical, do you have an outfit planned, or are we going with the thing you've worn since the Bard Rock kind of exploded?
1: Oh, I have that covered now. And with a snap of my fingers, I cast the Sky Self, and I'm in a brilliant new Bard outfit.
2: Do you one hundred roll? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I saw that coming. That is a 63.
2: Okay. Nothing immediately happens, and it always- it always procs in front of the obelisk. There's a whole lot of combat-focused wild magic surges that just aren't relevant right now. But anyway, go ahead.
1: So now I'm in this beautiful, like, my fancy noble clothes I had before, but like, it's vibrant green with black trim, and it like, almost sparkles. It'd
3: be sort of nods in approval. Now that, that looks pretty good. Quick question though, are those the clothes you wore to the sewers?
1: I'm going to wash them.
3: I don't think even Fire could wash all of that smell out of it. Do you have a second pair that didn't have a prestidigitation tour of the underside of the city?
1: I just spread my arms wide so Epi can see my house. Fair
3: enough. So... Now, I don't normally do this for people, but I will buy you a less shitty, pardon of terms, outfit, and then you can press digitize it back into the- uh, or no, that's, that's Disguise Self, isn't it? Nicely done. Yes, yes it is. See, you're learning, you're learning. Is there anything else you need for the Bardolph? Do you need to rig it for you, or do you want to win it the old-fashioned way?
1: Excuse me, I play violin that I haven't played in a few days badly one time, and suddenly, suddenly you think I don't have any musical talent.
3: Brock, I just enjoy messing with you.
1: Fair enough. Alright, sure, let's go shopping for my new wardrobe. If
3: nothing else, at least we can get you something that hasn't been to the toilet and back.
1: Alright, so we spend the morning of the Day of the Bard off shopping for clothes. Okay. Also. Do we, we get a long rest overnight, though? Oh, yeah. Okay, awesome.
0: Rook hopes you don't mind if she tags along. She has nothing better
1: to do right now. It's fine. All right, now we have a montage of me trying on clothes with the two of them <laughs> sitting in the dressing room.
3: So, so, Rook, what do you think about this one?
0: What am I looking at right now?
3: You know, that's the vibe I got from it, too. I just don't think that pink is your color.
1: Yeah. Brock looks at that pink shirt and just grabs it out of your hand and goes, I think it's exactly my color. And I have grab a top hat off of the shelf and I get a pair of sunglasses. And do I see Sean? Are we at Sean's store? Would you like to be? I would like to be at Sean's store. You're at Sean's store. <laughs> do I see Sean? I mean, you don't see him. Do you ask about him? I go up to people at the counter while I'm putting my outfit together and say, I'm, excuse me, is this, this, I'm told that the uh, store owners have a son named Sean.
2: Uh, yes. Who's asking?
1: My name is Brock Song. I am the owner of the, uh, currently under renovation's Bard Rock Cafe. And I, I'm a member of the Guild of Innkeepers, and I heard about him losing his job, and, well, I dealt with him, and he seemed like a very good employee. I was looking to offer him a job. First of all, helping with the reconstruction, helping the contractors with errands, and then after it's reassembled, a long-time job at the cafe. He seemed like such a hard worker. I felt terrible that I heard he lost his job.
2: So you're here to offer him a job?
1: Yes. Oh, I also hear shopping, but I chose your store specifically. If I needed to. In addition to the fact you have excellent clothes here, I also wanted just to offer him a job
2: while I was here. Let me get the owner. So the clerk kind of goes back, and out comes this short, stocky man, balding, kind of just with hair around like the crown of his head, and not the crown, the the side of his head, making a ring. Wearing a very nice suit. The Danny DeVito, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite that extreme, but yeah. He kinda makes his way out and he says, You're here to offer my son employment.
1: Yes. Hello, nice to meet you, Brock Song I offer him a handshake.
2: Takes your hand, kinda sweaty.
1: And I say to him, I'm a member of the Innkeeper's Guild. He delivered some messages to me. I thought he seemed like a very hard worker. And when I was at the guild yesterday, I heard he would lost his job. And I disagree with that decision. Right now, my cafe is under reconstruction. So I would like to offer him a job helping the reconstruction team rebuild it, running errands for them. And then once it's rebuilt, I would like to have him actually be my personal delivery person for the cafe.
2: My son will not demean himself to be a construction worker. He is currently making deliveries for my store.
1: Oh, you misunderstand. I wasn't offering him for him to be a construction worker. It was to run errands, the same type of work he was working for the guild and for your store, just for the materials they might need. So if like they need things, like it's the same type of work. I'm not asking him to do the construction.
2: There's a pause, kind of a questioning look. And he says, so if he's going to be running errands, but your inn is in shambles, how is he going to work? There is no work. The inn is in shambles.
1: First of all, when the inn is rebuilt, I would like to offer him a job. It sounds like he could probably move in after that, but I'm sure that these construction people would also need errands run, people to go pick up supplies for them, to go pick up their meals for them, to go and requisition things, to drop off payments, those sort of things. And Brock lists off all the things that a typical person would know about the construction business that I could name and would probably just be 10 minutes of dead air.
2: So you want him to be the construction worker's errand boy?
1: Yes, but I'm paying them. I would like him to help them. I'm still the person paying, so he would still be my errand boy.
2: Come back when your cafe is rebuilt.
1: Can I roll Persuasion sure. on this guy? That is a 16 plus Persuasion is six, so 22.
2: Okay. And you know what, just for fun, go ahead and make your wild magic roll. That is a
1: 23. And That is my regular wild magic. Yep, you have this table. Alright, my skin turns a vibrant shade of blue. It says a remove curse spell can end the effect, so I think this just... My skin is yep, now blue. your
2: skin is just blue. So you say this, and your skin turns blue immediately. Oh, that's new. The man seemed like he was about to respond. He sees your skin.
1: And the fact that I'm not even shocked by the fact my skin is blue now, by the way.
2: Right. He, he leans over, whispers something to the clerk and makes his way back into the back. The clerk says, Ah, I'm sorry. I'm afraid we're going to have to close the store now. Uh, you're going to have to leave.
1: Can I check out first or no? Make it quick. All right, so now that I am bright blue, I'm going to have, like, a pink and blue, like, tone outfit to go together. So I bring up the pink tuxedo and pink top hat that I assembled, and I check out with them. Okay. Okay.
3: Effie leans over to Rook. Do you think he's colorblind or making a fashion statement?
1: Pink and blue go great together. You know, I I think you're right. I think he's just
0: gonna do what he's gonna do. I would have gone with blue and green myself.
1: Do I hear that? Do I have time to change my mind? You have checked out. Alright, we go to the clothing store that Epi wanted to go to and I get a green outfit so I can decide before the show. So,
2: just for the sake of expediency, you get yourself a good outfit. You've made an impression on the guy and the sun is getting higher and then gradually lower in the sky
3: so do we know how long this one's going to last for or are we just are you just sort of blue now
1: do we ever know how long these will last better point can we roll our arcana to see if we know how long it'll wear off sure i rolled a 10 plus 1 11 I
3: rolled a six plus six, it's a 12.
1: Could be a day, could be a year, you don't know. We can look into it, blue skin is not that scary a thing.
3: It suits you kind of strangely.
1: I'm going to roll, I'm just gonna roll a d6 at my table. If I roll evens, Brock's gonna wear pink and if you roll odds, he's gonna wear green. I rolled a two, he's sticking with pink.
3: You know what, at least you're confident. It's how you wear it.
2: So you get the sense that if you're wanting to take part in this bard-off, you might want to start heading that way.
1: And that's what I do. And my band already knows to be there, too. Yes, sir.
2: DJ, Melody, Harmony. They're all there. They meet you at the front door. They've got all their stuff.
3: You just hear arm bar in the the audience. Oh, you got this, Brock. Knock him dead.
2: There is a sign-in sheet going around. Sarah is the one holding it, she sees you, Brock, and she walks right up to you. Brock! It's good to see you. I'm glad you could make it. Go ahead and sign in. And I pull out a quill and I sign in. Okay. Is anybody else in your group signing in, too? You all still... I just want the listeners to know, I did not stack the deck or anything like that. That roll happened. Everyone still has a plus-eight performance skill the day before the bard-off.
1: I look at them and I say, You can use the flute and the tambourine. I'm going to play with my fiddle.
2: So, you all, all of you, have a plus eight performance check.
3: Epi gets this look on his face. Goes up to Brock. You know what? Yaron. And I sign up for it.
1: I'm going to support the both of you in the audience. <laughs> Are you entering by yourself as a flute player, or are you trying to sign up alongside my band and play on stage with us?
3: Oh, no. I'm going up against you. And he snaps, and I'm going to use Alter Self to make myself the most beautiful elven man this world has ever seen.
2: Okay. Sarah's kind of like, so what's with all the changing of the appearances? Brock, I'm not really... I normally like your aesthetic choices, but the blue skin, I'm not really digging it, I gotta tell ya. So, Sarah,
1: do you know about the wild magic going on in Waterdeep? I mean, I've heard some, some, some talk. Yeah, this, this wasn't on purpose, I'm just rolling with it. I don't know how to make it stop, and I didn't have time to go find someone to figure it out before the show.
2: Okay. Well, good luck, I guess. Alright, so she goes around, she gets some more people to sign in You do notice there is a particular Familiar face that is signing up As well It is someone you know from your Bard college days Dinkleberg. Above game, what did we agree on his name being? No, it was Big Will Big Will Big Will, Big yeah. Will signing up for the Bard off and His eyes meet yours He snarls at you And he aggressively writes the rest of his name down
1: and I wave very gingerly with, like, the bendy
2: fingers. It says that he's here. He's here for you.
3: Eppie looks between the two of them. So, I think there's some some drama there. What happened?
1: So that is uh, that is Big Will Dinkelberg. He and I attended the same Bard College here in Waterdeep. I wrote a comedic song about him when we were in school together. He did not think it was funny. Oh,
3: I want to hear that song at some point. This ought to be good. How long is it till the bard off that I have decided to join?
2: Uh, you got about an hour or two. You know,
1: for the spell to last an hour. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Okay. I'll say for the sake of convenience you waited to cast the spell until things were getting going.
3: Fair enough. I mean, I've got another one. Couple other ones I
2: can do too. Okay, so is there anything you guys want to do as you wait for the, the bard off to get going?
0: I want to find a comfortable place to sit down. Uh, get something to drink, sit down, get comfortable.
2: Okay, Armbar joins you. Patrons start filing in. Uh, you see people donating to a pot where, you know, it's going to go towards the reconstruction. Sarah is schmoozing people as best she can to get them to donate some more and to buy some more drinks. There is a signature drink for the night, Keystone Light. It's selling like crazy. Everybody's saying that it's pretty good and that they're probably going to get some more and your insight checks would tell you that no they're not. It's pretty average.
3: Tastes like water.
2: But yeah, so people are people are showing up, people are ready for the bard off, they're ready to go. So I'm going to explain how this works, and we're gonna... There's a total of eight contestants. There's going to be a series of head-to-head challenges. There's going to be a series of contested roles. Whoever wins the most roles is the one that wins the contest. Depending on what you do, that might affect your role. Once all eight people have gone, there will be four left. Of the four that are remaining, the crowd will pick who they like the most. Make sense? All right. So, there will be a series of three checks for Brock and your band. Epi, you'll have a series of three checks. I'll roll your opponent. And then everybody's going to give a second performance to try and win the crowd. That's how this is going to work. Okay? All right. Sarah gets up on stage and says, Thank you, thank you, everyone, for coming to the Bard Off. At the Three Towers. We're very happy to have the owner of the Bard Rock Cafe here with us tonight. I know you all are aware by this point that a meteor struck his cafe which is just an act of God and now it's just in rubble and we like him a lot. He's a great guy. You should go pay a visit to his tavern when it gets back up and running. He's a good friend of mine. We've been working down the street from each other for a long time. It could have just as easily been this tavern that got wrecked. So I think it's only in good faith and in a neighborly spirit that we try and help each other out. So thank you all for your donations. Let's get to why you're really here, to the Bard-off. Up first we have, she starts naming off contestants and they all start, you know, there's two that go head-to-head, and you see Big Will comes out on top of the first contest.
3: I have signed up as LaMonte.
2: Okay, LaMonte. Roll me a d4, real quick, just to see who your your opponent is.
3: That's the triangle, right? (laughs) Yes,
2: that's the pyramid.
3: Okay, alright. So, guys, guys. Should I use ketchup pyramid? Tiny shiny pyramid? Or black pink pyramid?
1: Black pink pyramid.
3: Alright, black pink pyramid it is. Here we go, here we go. Ooh, that was a one
2: epi your opponent is sarah she kind of gives you this wry look and she says all right give it your best shot but i'm here to take down brock so i hope you can keep up i'm not gonna (laughs) hand it to you and she starts to play just a really really intense i'll say guitar actually like it's she's just shredding it yeah she's she's playing some really good guitar solo so go ahead and make a performance roll, Epi.
3: Can I also use thaumaturgy? Sure. To enhance my my performance.
2: <laughs> All right. Go ahead and make a performance roll.
3: Alrighty, alrighty. Roll well, number one is a twelve plus eight for a twenty.
2: Okay. So you manage to outplay Sarah's eleven she seems to be having trouble finding her groove right but she's starts like she's warming up she's getting there she plays a little bit she gives you your turn you rock it on the flute so now she's like she's like okay okay she's gonna make a couple more rolls there does seem to be something assisting her you're not sure what it is from the day we
4: arrive in this city yeah. And gagging, step off the docks. Everywhere you can see is some cutthroat or thief, or some drunk lying prone on the rocks. Mmm, there's not too much you can trust here. Water deep's got its scum all around. But if you can roll high, you might just be that guy who gets to keep all the loot you've found. It's adventure in life. You can rise or fall if you take a chance. You'll get stabbed in the back So punch them right in the face Or just act unkindly It's adventure Adventure in life
2: Okay Go ahead and make your performance check. You have one win.
3: So here's something that I leave up to your discretion. One, is this a metal flute or a wood one?
1: Oh, it is definitely a wood flute.
3: Okay. Hmm. What are you doing? Would I be able to... Let's see, is this... Okay, good. This isn't concentration. Would I be able to use my little diamond to... Basically, make a very sparkly, icy thing go out over the audience and maybe do a little light show or something with chromatic orb. It, can I shoot chromatic orb out of a flute? Probably not, but I figured I'd ask.
2: So you're casting chromatic orb.
3: Can I do it with a flourish before I start and then begin playing? Just as kind of a walk on stage
2: bit. Okay. Describe to me what you're doing.
3: Okay. You know what? I'm going to skip the ice capades. And I'm going to use... Chromatic Orb can basically make it just a... It's a sphere of energy, right?
2: Of your choice, yeah. Okay. You determine what type of damage it does.
3: Okay. I would like to use thunder. And basically from behind the curtains, just... Flick it open and out goes this orb of thunder energy into the air that's just like <laughs> to, you know announce my entrance doesn't hurt anybody it's just big and then i come out with a flourish and maybe do after i've walked out of it, a bit of thaumaturgy to make the another like oh that's not thunder that was a drum thing going blah blah i don't know for flair does that
2: make sense you- i got I what you're saying where all right
3: I'm aiming directly into the air so it doesn't hurt anybody. I'm trying to pull a kiss here, but like with with thunder. It's okay if no.
2: So Chromatic Orb has a range of 90 feet. Where are you aiming it?
3: Well, I'd like to aim it so it goes off above the crowd. Like not so far that they can't hear it, but also not close enough that it hurts anybody's ears or does any damage, but Definitely firing it over
0: them.
2: You guys are indoors. Oh, I thought we were outdoors.
0: Yeah. I thought I think we're yeah we're in a tavern.
2: I mean, there are people gathered around outside. Three Towers is very popular and it has a lot of seating space and it's been cleared away so that like there's more room for just seats. But yeah, you guys are indoors. So I'll let you do this.
1: Don't destroy Sarah's tavern!
3: Yeah, that may change my plan slightly. Is the stage, you know, surrounded by flames and or candles of some variety?
2: There's lanterns on the wall. And there's a chandelier on the ceiling. This is a higher end tavern.
0: Okay,
3: then I would like to use Thaumaturgy on this one then.
2: Give yourself a light show.
3: Yeah, yeah, I want to do a light show where it just, you know, it all, it goes dark and then I come out and then it flashes back up and then it's just like a big old ball of flame and then it just lights <laughs> on.
2: Roll at advantage because that was a great entrance.
3: Okay,
2: okay. A great entrance that did not blow a hole in the ceiling.
3: Yeah. Alright, alright. Oh, jeez, where did, okay, where did you go? Oh my god, okay, so. That was, that was one roll. Okay. So with that amazing entrance and advantage, first one rolled a 7, the other one rolled a 19. Plus 8.
2: So 27 total? Yeah. Okay. That just barely beats out
3: Damn.
2: the 26 that Sarah rolled.
3: Never underestimate a light show.
2: (laughs) As you both are playing the shit out of your instrument, Sarah has begun to sing along as well and her voice is beautiful and everybody is just into this performance like it's awesome right however the performance comes to a close you have two wins which means you win the contest
3: i, I take my bow but i also you know hold a hand out for sarah to come out and with my Lamonty voice i'm just like and let's have a round of applause
2: Sarah is very gracious about it. She bows out and says, I played my best, but you played better.
3: Just barely. You should
2: come back and play here again. We'll see. How have I not heard of you before?
3: I'm an underground act.
2: Come up for air. That was great. She's clapping and like, Well done. Congratulations on on proceeding. I have no shame about this loss. The next two step up some random dude wins.
3: Hell yeah, random
0: dude. Rook and Armbar, I bet, though, are discussing how they're really impressed with Epi right now. I have to say.
2: Brock. It's Brock's song in the band, so uh, you're up against...
3: Are we allowed to assist Brock?
2: You get the sense that it would probably not go in the spirit of this charitable event, but you can try.
3: Okay, okay. I'll, I'll leave him be. He got this. Okay. I'm going to
2: sit in the audience, though, and
1: cheer for him. Sure. Yeah, right. I was absolutely cheering for Epi in the audience while I was waiting my turn.
2: So, taking the stage is a cloaked figure in deep purple robes. A long beard, and you can't really tell who it is. You can't really see anything about him. Kind of shuffles his way onto the stage, takes a bow. As Sarah says, and up, last but not least, we have Brock Song and the band. Going up against, she looks at a sheet, Roshi. Oh no, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Throws the hood back and oh yeah, it's Roshi. (laughs) High on the fact that he doesn't know why he's so good at singing all of a sudden.
4: (laughs) This is
3: like the Kevin levels of Karma coming back to haunt.
2: But he is so totally going to take part in this bard-off that he learned about just last night on his way back from Y'all's Cafe.
1: Roshi! And I offer him like a big hug like he's like a long-lost friend. Uh, he just, he chest bumps you. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> I am cheering like a madman for these two.
1: <laughs> Alright,
2: make your roll, sir.
1: Alright, so I wanted to lay out the scene before I make my roll, so when Brock comes out on the stage, You have dj is sitting in the back of the stage on the drums and then you have harmony and melody each playing a bass and guitar also in the back and then brock comes out and there's no mic because microphones don't exist and he says i've never seen you all song this song is about how i came to be a bard from the north ward of waterdeep born and raised dreamt about being a singer and praised rocking and rolling and being all cool but my pop wouldn't have it and called me a fool Son, forget about that dream. Your music's no good. I pick up a sword. Am I understood? I didn't listen to him, needless to say. Instead, I moved to the dock. It's an open bar Rock cafe. So, Brock plays the song, and at the end, there's a- When he does a flourish, and then he casts the spell Earth Tremor to gently shake all of the ground. But he's far enough away from everything. He actually- He makes it so that there's no one that's within the ten-foot radius of where he's casting it on himself, except him.
2: Okay. Alright. So, roll an advantage.
1: All right, and I want to put Bardic Inspiration on myself as well, but I won't necessarily use it until I see. So I rolled a 14 plus 8 is 22. Okay. And 4 plus 8. So I'm going to keep the 14, and I'm going to go ahead and add my, is a what, a D6 for my level right now?
2: I believe so.
1: Let me just see. It should be. It should be a D6. Yeah. Let me go ahead and add my 6 to my 22.
2: That is a 5, so 27. Yeah. So Roshi is singing pretty good. Roshi rolled a 21 total. So Roshi is up there belting out a really stirring rendition of whatever the hell Waterdeep's national anthem is.
1: <laughs> he gained the ability to perform. He didn't gain knowledge of
2: songs. But then you come on stage with the band. The band is killing it. You're killing it. You have some magic making it even more awesome. I need to roll to see if Earth Trimmer is that a cantrip? Uh, it is not. It is a first level spell. <laughs> okay. Well, by some stroke of luck, you do not trigger wild magic, so yeah, you win the first contest. Hiroshi seems frustrated, but also, like, he's pretty pleased with himself, like, he knows he did good, right? Like, people were like, there were a few misty eyes in the crowd, like, oh man, what a patriot, you know? <laughs> so, Alright, now it's time for the second round. Go ahead and make your roll and do whatever you're going to do. And for the second
1: round, I'm going to invoke... I had the Wild Magic trigger, so I get back the Tides of Chaos. So I'm going to use that to give myself advantage. Okay. So that is 11 plus 8, 19. And that is
2: 12 plus 8, a dirty 20. Okay. So Roshi is now going to change speed a little bit. He's going to sing a, a, a solemn hymn from the Church of Agama. So he turns into this Gregorian chant kind of thing... And you can hear his voice very deep, just echoing off the walls of the Bard Rock. And with a 25, he edges you out of this one.
1: Ooh, nice. And I'm sitting there, and I'm clapping.
2: Yeah. So, last and final, what are you doing?
1: I come out, and I play, I play another song. I start burning away at my violin, like I'm just sawing at it while I'm singing. And when I strike the final note, I cast Thunderclap, which is a cantrip. And I am more than five feet away from the audience and from my band. So everyone just gets the final big note at the end. Roll at
2: advantage. That is a natural 20. All right. So, just because you both obviously have plus eight, he can't win. We're going to see what he rolls. Okay? Also, you have to roll wild magic because natural 20.
1: All right. Natural 20. That's that's the D12. I don't want that one. There we go. That is a 34. And what's the other one? Uh, oh, right.
2: 56. All right. You said 34 and 56? Yep. Okay. So, basically, your wounds start to heal, even though you don't have any. My psychological wounds. I don't suppose that magically cures the blue skin. I'll tell you what. Roll a D20 and let me know what it is. That is a five. It does not cure your blue skin. Oh, well. It's worth a shot. I was going to give you a chance. It wasn't a good chance, but it was a chance. All right, we're going to see what Roshi rolls. So Roshi is listening to this, and he is just awestruck. Yeah, I'm playing like my
1: fiddles, catching fire. (laughs) Long pause. It was also a natural 20.
3: So, gotta go.
1: He sent a picture. Oh, wrong he one. He rolled a natural 22.
2: He did. So. No. The way this works, you're both... I'll tell you what. Hmm.
3: It's a freaking duet.
2: Nope. No. It's a tie. So, we both advance to the finals? You both advance to the finals. For this last performance, there's now five of you. Each of you get to turn on the stage to give... The performance of your life, right? You're trying to get the crowd to vote for you. Sarah goes around. Each of you gets a colored token. She only had four, so she actually gets like some wood coasters for Roshi. But Yeah, so Brock, fittingly enough, you have the blue token. Epi, you have the purple token. Roshi has the wood coaster. Um, The red token goes to Big Will. And then there's a yellow token that goes to the other random guy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll for Big Will, Roshi, and the other random guy, and then I'm going to let Epi get up and do his thing. So, Big Will rolled a 16 plus 4, so a dirty 20. Random guy rolls a natural 1. Face plants on his way up the stage. And Roshi, 21. So, 20 and 21 are what are on the table so far, and then the natural one guy just didn't even perform. Tripped on his way up the stage, broke his nose, and just left. Aww. (laughs) Poor guy. Like, there was some some clapping just from him face-planting, but, like, in the mocking sort of way. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. So, Effie, you're up on stage, what are you doing?
3: Okay, so... And I do a series of spells to work up to me popping out on stage. Okay. Let me check all of these for concentration, make sure I'm not losing anything. Okay, good. In preparation, I'm going to cast two spells while I'm waiting for my turn. One being Misty Step and the other one Comprehend Languages. Okay. Don't worry about it. So that, because you can compound thaumaturgy. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with making, you know, the harmless tremors, like things are about to get started. I'm gonna have the instantaneous sound of just, you know, that duh, duh, duh kinda drum thingy going on.
2: Alright, alright, I dig it.
3: Of course, we got to get the light show going because that worked so well last time. And because I can keep compounding this. <laughs> I'm going to make my voice boom rather than- it's up to three times, but like louder than normal. Okay. And I'm going to use Misty Step to appear in a poof of smoke in, in front of it.
2: Hang on. Roll me uh. d100.
3: Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay, here we go. That's a 99.
2: Are you serious?
3: That's a 99. Is that fireball Is that is that a Ball of Fire? I don't want to have a Ball of Fire, but I rolled a 99.
2: Roll me a d20. Oh, no.
3: Okay, here we go. You know what? Big booms get big dice. Here we go. That's a 19. Okay. Lay it on me. Is 99 the firebolt? No. Oh, thank god. What is it?
2: <laughs> choose... choose one of your your party members.
3: For a good or a bad thing?
2: Choose one of your party members.
3: <sighs> hey, Brock, how much health do you have?
1: <laughs> Total, I have 31. And I have a feeling, you rolled a 99 and a 19. If I was a gambling man, I would say that this is a positive effect.
3: Okay. I hope so, because I'm going to point to Brock and just be like, this one's for you, just because what happens to Brock?
2: Brock, you gain the benefit of the ninth level wizard spell, (gasps) Foresight. You can now see about 10 seconds into the future at all times. I'll let you know when it stops, you have advantage on everything.
3: Oh! Okay, I regret nothing. I am so glad I picked Brock. Oh, oh, this is... this is some fate-level nonsense. Okay. (laughs) You pray for fun rolls, you get fun rolls. Okay. So, since I am on there with my big, you know, flourish, and I've got Misty Step going and Comprehend Languages...
2: Okay. It doesn't let you speak any language, it just lets you understand any language. That's fine. Okay. I see what you're trying to do. That's why I figured I'd say it.
3: Appreciate it, appreciate it.
2: But anyway, so you're up on stage, you do the light show, you do all of that. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Another another quick thing. Evens evens or odds. As it's getting late in the day. Odds. Okay. Rook, go ahead and roll me a D four.
3: Oh boy. We'll see if I uh we'll see if I keep my bonus.
2: That is exactly what we're rolling for right now. The wild magic effect dissipates, and Effie, your sudden burst of charming skill at performing, goes away. You're no longer at a plus eight, you're at a plus whatever your normal bonus is. But, with all that, you do get advantage on the roll. So let's see it.
3: Whew. Okay. I think, since I feel my little charming thing go away, I'm gonna hold up my finger to my lips, just go, shh. Then I'm going to use Thaumaturgy and build on it, and I'm going to... Since you can create instantaneous sounds, rather than play a flute, I am going to try and wizard the shit out of this and make myself just the dubstep wizard master.
2: Okay. Roll me Arcana at advantage.
3: Woohoo! Oh, thank god I have a plus six on that. Okay. Well, you know what? Here we go! <laughs> Okay, so I have an Arcana bonus of 6, right? I rolled an 18.
2: Okay, so that's a 24. So the performance is very wizardy in nature. People are kind of like not really sure what to make of it because like the music isn't anything they've really done before. It's an underground act. But you're making it work. It's an
4: underground
2: act. Yeah, yeah. So they're into it and you make your, your dubstep wizard performance.
3: No, I'll throw in some Misty Steps too, you know, gotta get the surround sure. sound effects. you just poof into the back of the room, Blah. all that good stuff, poof to the, like, chandelier, we're pulling a Sia with this, you know,
2: Well, it's I fun. mean, <laughs> you, you only have so many slots, but, True. yeah. How much wild magic do you want, Frock?
3: So much. So anyway, at the end of it, you know, I take my bow and then Misty Step away. <laughs>
2: How many second level slots do you have total?
3: How long does Misty Step last?
2: It's a new spell every time.
3: Okay, then I only used it to come in and to leave, so that was my
2: last third level. Second level. Second level. You do not proc Wild Magic on the second one.
3: Whew, okay, we're good.
2: All right, and now, Brock Song.
3: With so much advantage.
1: Gosh, I just love being the great Brock Song. I am the master of rhyme. Every bar here would love to be me, Brock Song, at least for most of the time. There's no bard in town as inspired as me. I'm the apple of everyone's eye. You wish that you could be admired like me because I'm such a spectacular guy. No. One sings like Brock's song. No one swings like Brock's song. No one performs ballads for queens and kings like Brock song. For there's no bard in town half as sprightly. The stage is where I belong. I drop verses both daily and nightly. When compared to mine, your voice just isn't as strong. Brock gets up on stage and... He foresees everything. He every time every, he sees a step where he's about to trip, and he just dances around it. And he hears the music playing. He sees which people in the audience are going to be disinterested, and he specifically plays his music, aiming at them. Like I'm going to make you feel like you're the one I'm playing this song for. And that's all he does. He's, I'm going to do my rolls at advantage, right? I have advantage because of the foresight. Yep. That is a five. Okay. And that is a seventeen plus eight. And what was Zippy's roll? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. So, seventeen plus eight is... 325 Haha!
3: Ha-ha! I'm not All even right. and,
1: and as I finish my final note, I double-tap my chest, and the decame thing pulls out. I foresaw that I was supposed to pull this card, and I draw a card, and I dab with it.
3: What card did he draw? Oh, geez, That doesn't look good.
1: So, <laughs> what does the
2: Skull card do? So, everybody's screaming and shouting... There's a light show going on. Everybody's just super into this performance. There's a guy that hasn't felt anything in years, and he's just so happy he came to this bar doll. and Then the crowd kind of goes quiet. And they're looking behind you Epi and Rook and Armbar. What you all see is a swirling, just. It looks like a circular pattern of just swirling mist right behind Brock that seems to pull to the side like a veil being pulled to the side. And you see on the other side of that mist is like distant shores and like looks to be just water. And there is a pale white figure. With deep black hair steps through the mist covers that portal again and dissipates he is wearing deep black robes all you see is his face and he has beady black eyes and he says so you ought to be my opponent then
1: and Brock looks this thing right in the eye and says bard off bro you and me and I just raise my fiddle at the ready. Oh my
3: god, I am so glad you have foresight!
2: He kind of tilts his head a
1: little bit. What are you doing? Challenging you to a sing-off, bro. You said I'm your challenger? Challenge me to a fiddle contest.
2: So he kind of looks around, takes the measure of the room. You see kind of this flicker of understanding appear in his eyes, and he goes, Ah, I see. How curious. He... Extends his hand from underneath the robes, a long, slender, pale arm. Mist appears, and it dissipates, and he has a deep rose gold fiddle in his hand. Says, all right, go ahead.
1: All right, so Brock pulls out his fiddle, and he starts playing like he's never played before. The devil went down to Faerun. He was looking for a life to steal. I was in a bind, so he was looking at mine, and I was hoping to make a deal. You see, I was in this bard off song on my fiddle and playing it hot. And the devil looked like a gambling type. And I said, Death, show me what you got. And just like before, the foresight tells him every time that he's like exactly what note he should hit. And he hits it. And he gives himself bardic inspiration just in case. And he starts singing a song to this deathly figure. And I roll a four. Heaven help me. I'm switching to the green dice for that second roll. And a natural 20.
3: What kind of Disney Channel not amazing, first of all, but Oh my god!
2: What did you roll? What did you roll on your Bardic Inspiration? I don't have to use it, I just gave it to myself. So 28's high enough for you?
1: I thought a natural 20, I didn't need to go, but yeah, sure, uh, what's... I get, like, what is, we said a d6? Yep. That is a 1, so it's a 29. And then do I roll the Wild Magic right now, too? Yeah, go ahead. That is an 82,
2: and a 2. Okay, so on a 2, you need to roll Wild Magic again, but it's on a different table this time. I'm not going to tell you what the table is, but roll Wild Magic again, 2d100s. That is
1: a 48, and an 83.
3: I've never been more invested. And a fantasy bard off. I don't want Rock
1: to die, but also this is awesome.
2: You said a forty-eight and an eighty-three.
1: Yes. Okay, hang on one minute. I like how the wild magic just interrupts the action. Come on, thing that makes him unable to play a fiddle. Not me, the other guy. I'm
4: kind of okay
3: being in second place on this. The silence.
1: I'm so glad I reached for my other die, by the way.
3: Oh yeah, I am so glad I accidentally triggered wild magic and gave you advantage. Oh my god. Maybe I need to pray for less fun rules.
1: <laughs> the result is killing me here.
3: I know! It's the long pause that is killing me!
1: Brock, who is your deity? My deity is probably... Is there a god of music?
2: Yes, I'd have to look him up. Hang on. But yeah, there's a god of music.
1: Yeah, I feel like that would be Brock's deity. I mean, he was probably raised tier, but I feel like he converted.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
3: I and Epi am on the edge of my seat.
2: (laughs) So if you could ask your god for anything, what would it be? Help me heal the obelisk. Okay. A massive silver harp appears in the air above you and begins to play alongside with you. And so while the pale man is playing very well, between you and this divine assistance you're getting from this harp above you, it escalates your performance from really, really good. Like, the best you've ever played. To something... Like, it. to say it, like, it is actually a religious experience.
1: Quite literally.
2: Yes. As the performance comes to a close, Pale Man stops. He takes a bow. He says, I know when I've been beat, until next time. And the misty portal appears behind him again, and he steps backwards through it, looking up at you at the last second, taking a measure of your face so that he recognizes you. And then he's gone. And the crowd's just silent, because some stuff happened. Yeah.
1: The divines
3: were silent until the Silver Harp of Brock's deity just showed up to help
1: him win a bard off. Yeah, shit. Valhallen, the Viking god of rock,
2: personally intervened. So, there's a long silence, and then Sarah starts to clap, slowly, joined by others. Cheers, and people throwing hats into the air, and, you know, people just lose it, right? That is the best performance that has ever been given at the Three Towers. And they've had some really famous and legendary bards come there, but they didn't have divine assistance in their performance. Sarah makes her way up to the stage, says, Well, that was something. I don't know what just happened, but we are all just in awe. Well done. I think we can all say, without any need to take a poll, that you won this contest. So we've gathered a thousand gold in donations, and we've gathered another thousand as the grand prize. Please take this. And also, as part of the grand prize, we wanted to offer you this. She hands you a very intricate, it's a wood with silver embossed in it case, for a violin. She says this was donated by an unknown member of the nobility, or whoever won the contest. I don't know who sent it, but it was to go to whoever the winner was. That's you. Well done.
1: Thank you. And I kneel and accept it like a knight being handed a sword. Oh, sure. And then I turn to everyone and I bow really deep with like both arms behind my back. Like that really big stage bow people put after like an effort performance. yeah, yeah. And again,
2: just clapping, people are going wild. The night carries on, you guys enjoy socializing and celebrating your victory, you drink some Keystone Light, you drink something a little better, you have a good time.
3: I think, I think Epi wants to go up still disguised as Lamonti for now and just, you know...
1: Really quick, doesn't Epi get something for second place?
3: Oh. Do I?
2: Yes, actually, Epi, oh. you get 300 gold for second place.
3: Uh huh. I also bow. I know when I've been beat. <laughs> Dang. And, and during the festivities that follow, still disguised as Lamonti, I'm going to go up to Brock and just be like, perhaps I can donate this to your cafe fund. And I give him the 300 gold.
1: As Epi reaches out, I clasp Epi's hand shut in mine and say, no, you've done a lot for me. Please, keep this for you.
3: Happy kind of smiles, and he's like, As much fun as it is to be a bard, I have to say, I think, uh, I think you were right to follow your calling on this one. And you know, I'm not really one for the divines, but... Really. You take the 300. You need a roof over your head.
1: I think about the fact that between my insurance and this thing, I have reached 10 of my 13,000 towards paying Felix. I'm just like, tell you what, Epi, let's call it even. If you want, we could split it.
3: Alright, alright. If you insist. And I put the 150 gold away before I change my mind.
2: <laughs> okay. So, as the night comes to a close, you guys eventually make your way out of the three towers, your winnings in tow, and you turn in for the night at whatever location you wish and that is where we'll end the episode
3: that was awesome
0: okay you listen to Bardock Rock Cafe get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes and become a patron I'll read your cards do it patreon.com slash Cafe. till next time